It's happy hour again from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's neworleans.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they're just going to have a limousine or just going to have jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you. Because that's New Orleans and this is Happy Hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than we're all New Orleanians in a bar, today we're at the fabulous Maple Leaf Bar on Oak Street, it's hard to believe, Andrew Duhon, that we're actually here. It sound, it's such a fresh-sounding thing, what you just said. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. Yeah, I'm so used to saying well, all these other places that we've closed down. We closed yeah. down Wayfair. <laughs> it right. took us five years to close down Wayfair. Yeah. It took us three weeks to close down the Fret Beer Room. But the Maple done? Leaf has been here for 45 years. It's the longest operating music club in New Orleans. Did you know that? No, I wouldn't have guessed that. That's true. George Porter's here on every Monday. The Rebirth Brass Band is here every Tuesday. And John Clary is going to be here every Friday all the way through Jazz Fest. Nice. So how about that? There's music every night here at the Maple Leaf. And if you can join us here for the next 60 minutes, this is Happy Hour. I have an incredibly impressive lineup of people here today, Andrew, for our very first show from the Maple Leaf in 2020. Anne Parnas is here. Hi, Anne. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. I, it's very, the only thing about the Maple Leaf is this tiny little table, which is our table, not theirs. It's super uncomfortable. It's totally fine. Thank but you. after you've had a couple of these drinks, you'll be all right. Fine. What are you drinking? Uh, kettle soda. Kettle and soda. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you guys, this is what Anne does. I'm going to read this sentence that Graham DuPonte, our producer, gave me. Anne is a professional matchmaker. Nice. Right there. How about that? That got your attention, right? Yes, indeed. Bats Bradford is here. Bats, how are you doing? How's it going? I'm doing well. And thank you so much for coming along here. No, no problem at all. Why are you called Bats, actually? Um, well, that's a, that's a story. Well, I'm, I'm a big Batman fan. It starts there. That's how it started. That's how it started. And um, it became a nickname when I was doing spoken word poetry. And as I transitioned into acting, I kept it as part of my, like, Martin Bats Bradford. It's part of my name. So, like, like you just asked me, what does is, what is Bats come from? I feel right. like for cast directors going through pictures or headshots, they're like, wait, what? what's this Bats? So they give it at least a second look. You might have the nicest voice of anybody we've ever had on Happy Hour in the last nine years we've been doing this. Yeah, I would agree. When you say? <laughs> I'll totally. take it. What yeah. a beautiful speaking voice. <laughs> Thank you. Where did you go to high school? Uh, McMain. McMahon. Yeah. Are you the only guy who talks like that from McMahon? Did you educate yourself or is it? Man, I'm going to just claim that. All right. I, I just happened. <laughs> that is a beautiful. <laughs> McMahon is, used to be on, is it on Carrollton? It's on Claiborne. It's on Claiborne. Did I mean, it's on, it's on, yeah, it's on Claiborne in Nashville. Right. Okay. Yeah. Wait, oh, that's that one. That, yeah, they just it. painted it. Yes, they did. They just right, gave it a complete Horrible overhaul. colors they chose. <laughs> do you have anything to do with that? Hey, no. man, I have a bias, so I cannot speak ill of my alma mater. I wonder. I thought they must have got that paint cheap, actually. <laughs> oh. That's what I thought. <laughs> but they, they got a gym out the deal because they didn't uh, have a gym for oh, years. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Right. All right. So, and how long have you been out of school? Uh, I graduated from McMain in 2004. Okay, so not that long, really. I mean, 15, give, a, give a take. Oh, 16 years. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it feels like a long time to you. Yeah. That doesn't seem that long to me, 16 years ago. And you're a big fancy actor, even though people might not necessarily know your name, but they certainly know would know your face. Well, I'll take the fancy. Yeah. Do you recognize a man? I don't, but I don't watch too much TV. So What do you do really at night do. instead of watching TV? Date? <laughs> no, no, I don't date. <laughs> Work, uh, spend time with friends, spend time with my kids. So, you work after, like, hours on, on matchmaking? I do, yeah. Okay, I've got me. a lot of questions for okay. you about matchmaking, don't you, Andrew? Same, yeah. Bats, you yeah. have a question about matchmaking? Definitely. I've never <laughs> met a matchmaker in person. I'm, no, <laughs> it is pretty amazing. And Big Chief Delco is here as well. Chief, how are you doing? Fine, fine. Just fine. when you think you couldn't get more eclectic. Well, fine, fine. Are you doing good? <laughs> so Big Chief Delco is the chief of the Creole Osceola tribe. Creole Osceola was Mardi Gras Indian. Mardi Gras Indian. Are you called a tribe or a gang or a crew? What do you call We've been called all of that in the past. Yeah. The, the, the word gang comes from the old Indians back in time who worked on the riverfront. And they worked with gangs, work gangs. But on the side and for carnival, they dressed as Indians. Right. So when did you start making... Indy Mardi Gras costumes. Indy. Well, I followed the Indians under uh, my past chief, Allison Montana. That was Tootie Montana. Tootie Montana. His real name was Allison? Yeah, Allison Tootie Montana. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, I followed him as a little boy. And uh, when I got out of Vietnam, 
that's when I started massing with something to do. You're not Vietnamese, though, just to not Vietnamese. make that clear. Not Vietnamese. You're so, in Vietnam so, as a soldier. Yes, I was an infantryman. Did you go in, uh, voluntarily to Vietnam? No, they fooled me on that one. <laughs> How, what, on was that. The, what was the sales pitch? Well, the sales pitch was I wouldn't go to Vietnam if I volunteered. What? Right. Really? Wow. So when I volunteered... Uh, I went to Vietnam. <laughs> and, Is um, that really how it happened? They yeah. tell you if you if you voluntarily join the army, we won't send we, you to Vietnam. We wouldn't send you to Vietnam. Wow. But at that time, they were building a division, which I was in, the 9th Division, down in the Delta. Yeah. And uh, I, was, uh, I was 19 years old. That was the average age of soldiers in yeah. Vietnam, according mm-hmm. to Paul Hardcastle. Oh, yeah. And uh, I hadn't seen that much killing. And all my life, you know. Even growing up in New Orleans? Uh, but New Orleans was, wasn't like that at that time. Is that right? What year New Orleans we, was very family-wise. What year are we talking about? We're talking about um, uh, 1968. So we weren't the murder capital of the country in the 1960s. Well, that was a later. I hate to say it on, uh, on, the on Mike. Yeah. But... Um, it could be said in many ways that way, you know, because uh, it was a lot happening at that time. So you're saying it was a violent place or it wasn't a violent place? New Orleans? Yeah. No, New was Orleans was... New Orleans is not a violent place now, really, you know. It's just where you're at and who you with. Yeah. And, you know, basically, you know, I love it. I've been all over the world, you know. Yeah. Started going all over the world with these Indians. And uh, New Orleans is... Oh, man. I've been to some places... Hmm. People don't even talk to you. What, like where? Oh, California. If you're in the wrong area of true. California. That's true. Oh, uh, New York. New York, they don't want to talk to they you. Don't, yeah. they, they don't talk to you. So you travel but, all around the world as an Indian with the, with your costume? Well, different with that things. Giant, the gigantic yeah, headdress? Yeah, it's gigantic. 100 and what happens when you get to the uh, airport with that? Well, First of all, how do you get that in the car, right? Though? Well, you ship it. You can ship it. All right. Right. And uh, some of the questions you asked me, some of them answers you're going to be asking me, I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so so you take the, I mean, how much does that thing weigh, that headdress of you? I mean, those gigantic feathers. and. Uh, Sometimes it can weigh anywhere from 85 to 110 pounds. And you put that, and you're balancing that on your put head and shoulders? Head. Right. Wow. So what's it made of? What's the structure inside it made of? I just told you I That's can't tell you. You're not allowed to say that. That's a tra- yeah, I could First tell you. about Fight Club, you don't talk <laughs> about Fight Club. Yeah, okay. Right. And, so uh, but the, I could tell you, it, it starts from a football helmet. I was the first guy to uh, make a suit with a football helmet. If, if, if the football helmet fits you, the crown will fit you. So you, you invented the football helmet? <laughs> yes, I did. Mardi Gras Chief costume. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. Mardi Gras. Because of the size of the, right. the crown I was going to wear. Did you ever play football? No, man. Played baseball, mm. right? Well, high school. And Andrew uh, was a baseball player, wasn't yeah. he? Had a, a crafty lefty. Yeah, I had a scholarship to Southern. Is nice. that right? As a baseball and, player? Uh, yeah, and I uh, stayed out a semester. They sent my name in, and I was drafted. Mm. Wow, wow! So that changed your whole life. You could have been a pro ball player. I, I could have been, maybe, mm-hmm. but um, you know that was it at that time. Mm-hmm. You can't look behind no more. You got to right. look forward. Right. Yeah. Go. What yeah. do you think about the Third World War with Iran? Uh, now you want me to get in somebody else's business. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, you're um, the only person at the it, table here who's actually been in a war. Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's something you can't predict. You don't know what tomorrow is going to be about that. Yeah. You know, uh, I do know that neither side can't stand a big killing. Now that, you know... Yeah, that don't make sense. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, none of the wars make sense in retrospect, do they? Right. Maybe yeah. the Second World War, I guess, to some extent. Right. But um, no, I'm, I'm third generation military. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. I was Vietnam. My dad uh, was uh, wounded in uh, North Africa. My uncle was in. Uh, his brother was in uh, Korea, uh, and my grandfather. It's buried in France. He was killed in World War One. Wow. Good heavens. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, are you single or married or what? I'm married. How long have you been married? 53 years. Okay, how about that, Anne? That's amazing. Happily married? Well, we... <laughs> that's, a, that's a different question. <laughs> we, 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 we had matchmaker. 
<laughs> and it was God. So uh, hey. we ain't had nothing. Ah. We we ain't had too much to say about it, you know. How did but God... I can't stand her. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's my partner. How did God pull that off? Were you? Uh, where? How did you meet? Well, we've been knowing each other since we was twelve years old. Wow. We grew up with each other. And she's the same age as you. You both twelve. I mean, yeah. you were both twelve. Right? Yeah. Wow. We uh we come from an area called Boscoville. Vascoville. 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 Yeah, that's the three villages of Gentilly before you had a real Gentilly or East New Orleans. Are you right. serious? Va- oh, yeah. That's another one. Have you ever heard of that, Bats? Yeah. Vascoville. Like, like, it sounds like something that my grandfather. But it's behind Dillard. Right. It's Circuit yeah. Dillard. I, used to, I grew up on Brookside Street. You come right, from, you right off Paris Avenue, so I know you that You come area. from Pilot Land. Okay, there we go. Pilot, yeah, you you're from let, Pilot let me know Land. where I come from. Yeah. I need to know. You had the three <laughs> villages of Gentilly. Yeah. You had Pilot Land. Uh, what was the one in the front? Um, uh, you had Boscoville. I'll tell you. Sea um, Rock will tell us. He knows everything. Um, <laughs> Sugar Hill. Sugar Hill. And I went to Dillard, so I should know these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you went to Dillard? Yeah, Dillard University. Yeah, well, you know. What's it, Dillard is that in Pilot Town? Or? It's right where you're no, talking about. Right, it's, right. It's right. Where do these names come from originally? Well, different people, you know, before us. Right. You know, named them and something. Mostly named after people. So, okay, so you've been married for 53 years. Did you say 53? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Coming, this is the 53rd, or this will be 54 this year? 54. This will be the 54th year. Okay, so what's the secret to staying married? Ain't no secret. What, what, how did you, you pull it off? I don't know. <laughs> As the book says, I don't even know. <laughs> and well, what is the secret? I think it's just probably having the wherewithal to, to hang in there because it's never, not going to be all roses and sunshine. I think there's going to be a lot of ups and downs. Probably throughout yeah. the years. Yeah, a whole bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Are you single, Bats? Not currently, no. All right. Well, I'm how, not married, but yeah, I have a girlfriend. But you, yeah, but you have a girlfriend. How did you yeah. meet? Um, in acting circles, because she's an actor as well, and we just linked up, clicked. Right. And it went from there. I'm laughing at Anne because she's like, I'm a matchmaker. I'm not the marriage right. um, expert. <laughs> right. I'll put you, you together and then let you get it. Right. But the success rate of being a matchmaker, or the... Or the determination of success would be whether or not someone stays together, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Whether it's in a long-term relationship or a marriage. How long, how long do they have to be together before their breakup is no longer your fault as a matchmaker? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like anything over six months is probably that's, a success for me. That sounds fair. Okay. If they yes. screw it up, that's on them. Right. Yeah, well, you can't be able to predict what it's going to be like six months Absolutely. out. Absolutely. So how, well, that's a good question. How far out can you predict up to? I mean, what are the... How do you, how, let's go back to the beginning. If I come to you, I'm single and I'm looking to meet somebody. Mm-hmm. How do you find me somebody? Does someone else have to have come to you? Like- so I do have sort of a, a database of single, eligible singles. Um, but I start with figuring out what, who would be the ideal match for you by an extensive conversation about what's most important, what would make you happy in the long term, kind of do you values. Have, do you have to know that? Yes, absolutely. It's not something I can just... You can't send. discern that by asking me, like, a bunch of leading questions. I have to, you have to ask me what makes you happy, and I have to tell you. <laughs> yes. Actually. Or, or try. Sometimes... That's not that easy to do. It's that. not. Maybe and there's some hypotheticals involved. Maybe. And, and, I mean, some of it is intuitive, but uh-huh. I think I, just getting to know a person, whether or not they're giving me, you know, specific answers, I think you just get a vibe from them and um, an idea of kind of who they are and what would be a good match for them. And a lot of it is getting the feedback after the matches. If, am I getting close? It's kind of like showing a house, right? They might not tell me everything and right. then come back and say, oh, I want an open kitchen or, or whatever right. it is. I mean, in general, just. Um, huh. That doesn't sound that complicated. It, sounds it like, is. It, that it sounds is like, humans. That sounds like anybody could do that. I could just ask a bunch of questions and think, right. you know who you might like? My friend, so-and-so. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a bit more scientific mm-hmm. than that, doesn't it? Yes. I mean, I think there's a lot that goes into it. I think people's love languages are important to know. Love language. Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't come up with that myself. <laughs> what, what is love language? Oh, Gary Chapman wrote a book, um, probably. I don't know if any of you have ever read it. It's called The Five Love Languages, and it's just about how people um, like to receive love and how they feel loved, and there's five different ways. And okay. What's, what else? So they are acts of service. Like, for instance, if you you know wash her car or... Um, I don't know, take out the trash, whatever it is. You do something nice for nice somebody person. else. Right. Okay. Um, quality time, pretty self-explanatory. Uh, touch, physical touch. 
words of affirmation. Oh. That's, for some people, that's really important. And the fifth one is, good Lord. <laughs> Sugar Hill. No. <laughs> Pilot Town. <laughs> that's not in your notes? No. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to get rescued. Um, um, is it on your website? I, I, I slipped rock- it up. It's okay. Thank you. Words of affirmation, Wait, acts of service, receiving gifts, gifts. quality time, uh, and physical touch. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And... And if you do all five of those, someone's going to like you? No, no, you don't need to do all five. The big thing is figuring out, you know, how that person perceives what you're doing and how they like to be oh, shown. Oh, so I might think that getting gifts is bullshit because it's just sure. material, yeah. but I like to be touched. Because there's sure. a quiz that you could take because uh, my right. girlfriend, she, yes. she put me on that where it's like yeah. you can take the quiz and see what your love language mm. is. Right. Ah. And Did you, you do it? Yeah, I did. I forgot what mine was, though. I think it was, I got to remember it. But, yeah, but they let you know which ones, like you said, you might think that receiving gifts is bullshit, but quality time is that number one that rocks for you. So, yeah, so like what she was saying, understanding what you like makes it easier to match you with someone else. So if I'm this kind of person who likes to get gifts, say, and I come to you, (laughs) you can hook me up with someone who just gives me stuff? No, not necessarily, but let's just say somebody is, um, you know, physical touch is there love language and then you know I'm not going to match them with somebody who's completely cold and not affectionate who's unable to speak their love language so to speak Um, so it's not the end all be all but it's just one tool that I use but who doesn't like to touch somebody you'd be surprised Mm -hmm. yeah really yeah Yeah. (laughs) no I'm a toucher touch me hug me I like it everyone like to be touched don't you think chief no, I'm a chief. I don't like to be touched. You don't? <laughs> you don't want people touching you? No, no, What no. about your wife? You want your wife to touch you? That's a different thing. Well, that's what um, I'm talking about. I just don't like to be touched. Uh, by strangers? By strangers. Well, no, I don't think people want to. I'm not talking Certain about strangers. family members. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I don't think most people want strangers coming up to them and touching them. Yeah, well, well, yeah. A lot of people like to be touched. Touch is the same thing as laughter. Hmm. You know, yeah. laughter is one. You don't know. You can't right. imagine the people that don't like to laugh. Really? Well, yeah, right. What Just kind of people would that be? People you have met, people I've met. You know, people they, don't like to laugh. That's I, mean, okay. I mean, I have a friend who said I hate comedies. I'm like, you don't like any comedies? <laughs> right. Now nah, they was like, no, that's not my thing. I don't like the genre at all. And I just. Mm-hmm. Like what do you what, what do you what gives you joy? And they yeah. like drama and documentaries and horror movies, and that's kind of scary for me because then it's like, so do you laugh at the horror yeah, movies? Right. Is this what it is? They said, yeah. People, so, <laughs> right. people, wow. people that's think so many laughing, different kind of people. People think when you're laughing, you're not serious. Mm. You know, cheap. You're always laughing. What else am I do? Yeah, right. Well, you're high most of the time, right? Not really. Mm-hmm. Not really. No. <laughs> That hey, was, listen. That was a time. Yeah. But it ain't Have you? Moment. That's that's over now. Oh yeah. So there's a lot of uh, smoking pot goes into making Mardi Gras. No. Indian. No. Families. Costumes. Families. Families. Once you become an Indian under the tribe, you you really family. Right. Ask the one sitting over there. He's family. Mm-hmm. You know. So, how did you? So you. But the the interesting thing about being an Indian is the amount of sewing involved. Much sewing. Because it's a super sort of macho thing, isn't it? It's like a very masculine, manly No, we have queens. Parading. We have queens and have always had queens. Right. Who's so much better than us for some reason. Yeah, but I mean, being, being an Indian and being on the street and mm-hmm. parading and being a part of a gang is a, like a real male thing. Yeah, it's it is. Not, it is. It's tough. Oh, yeah, And yet the other side of it is that you're sewing these beautiful, ornate... Mm-hmm. You sew from your heart. You sew all year long. Right. You know, some of those suits have 140,000 beats and 140,000 sequins. Wow. So you, how you measure that? You got a thousand, you got a thousand beads in one pack. You figure how many packs you done bought. How much does this cost to make a thing? I told you something. You can't just can't say. say <laughs> what about, so how did you, how did you learn to sing and play? Sing and play? Yeah. Well, it's not that I learned to sing. You sing from your heart. You know, you sing uh, in, in telling stories. Right. You know, you sing to, to, to brag on yourself, you know, and that's it. But that, that's, that's, a, that's what you do. I see you have a drum. You have a drum here and a, and yeah. a tambourine. Mm-hmm. You want to play something? I brought it, but I really don't want to play nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk you into it? Uh, I, I don't know what I... What do you... Give me that look. Just sort of some... Give, give me that... Uh, uh, 
small tambourine in Milton. Do, do you write your own stuff, Chief? Well, it's based. Or you, it's, you based it's based on you coming up with stuff that you that you that you create. You know, you, it's, there's no stuff on paper or anything. Right. But you know, it's, it, 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 it's that you know. And, Early, early in the morning. Early, early in the morning. I say early, early in the morning. You love my inna. Say early, early in the morning. Jump on me and make a whole night. Early in the morning. Jump and the bell's gonna come back to me. Great little woman from way downtown. Jumping and jumping and jump around. I yeah, I got, cha- I, got, I got to charge you for the rest. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. That's pretty unbelievable. It's, that's the whole multifaceted thing. Is that yeah, you? You're telling you, you're telling a story, right? And yeah, you, you know what I just sung. It's, it's not on no paper or anything. Right. You might get somebody put it on paper and say, "I'm gonna make a, thousand, a million dollars." No, it ain't like that. So, really? Right. You can't make any money out of this thing, can you? Oh, you can make plenty of money out can of it. You know what you're doing. Well, how? What do you? Most what, people that has made money out of this, we, we just didn't know they was around us. You mean people ripping you off, right. making money out yeah, of it? Yeah. Well, you have you have something right now. Uh, what is that? Uh, won't bow down. Huh? Yeah, that's a hundred. That's over a hundred years old. Mm-hmm. The song. You no, know, the what? words. The, yeah. the words won't bow down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, right. And uh, we've been using that over 100 years. And we got other things we use. You know, and we get so way. We're more careful on what we're saying because this is basically sacred to us. Right. You know, we do this for the people. So, if you would if so, so in a way, if it was more business set up on like getting the rights to that term, y'all have made it, like y'all have been paid. Yeah, well, (laughs) most, most people out there. That we have done it uh, in the front of uh, in this present age. They taught us about copyrights, yeah, trademarks. So, so we've been able to get the newer songs tr- trademarked and copyrighted. Oh yeah, a All lot, right, lot cool, of Indians cool. is trademarked. Cause I'm, that's, that's I'm trademarked. You know? <laughs> good, right? You know, because I, I didn't know that the pellet that 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 sand was from the. I didn't know that they took it like that. Oh so. man, they got so much stuff that, that some people have saying I was a. Uh, I was in France and uh, saw a picture of me in the in the window. Yeah. And the picture was selling for three thousand dollars. Wow. Now you talking about a five by seven picture. Now with it selling for three thousand dollars, whoever sold it to him must have sold it for a thousand. Mm. And our suits cost over way over a thousand dollars. Our suits cost more than a thousand dollars. No way, he said more. He says over a thousand. Over a thousand, yeah. You you have a starting mark, right? right. (laughs) So you know, that's that's us though. That's us. You know, we 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 for the people. Has anyone anyone come along who's a business person who's tried to organize you and make this into a business, into a money-making proposition? Yeah. Like a managing type person. Yeah. Well, I'm a chief. I'm the manager. Yeah. Right, you know, and uh, my my Indians they're very independent. I like them. You know, I've I've had Indians. Uh, I ain't gonna call their name, but they didn't. You know, they're millionaires today with their companies. Couldn't do this too long, and uh, you know, it's a it's a thing where you gotta respect this. Respecting this culture means a whole lot to all of us. Mm. And some people don't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't go out and start fighting everybody because they don't do it. Right. We just stay to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't make somebody, you can't conscript somebody into the Indians like they got well, drafted into the army. A, a lot of people would love to mass as an Indian, but they want to do it temporarily. Mm-hmm. This is in my heart to do, to do it till I die. Yeah, could I just do it one Mardi Gras, like riding a parade and you know just for the experience you can't do that you definitely couldn't do it because you got to come back to that mic hmm. 
And you're going to tell everything. I, <laughs> so, so there is like, it's a secret organization is what you're saying, right? Some people call it secret. We call it from our heart. Hmm. Okay. Well, it can be both, I suppose. It could. You can have something from your heart that you don't want anyone to know. And that would be your... Like t- I like to get gifts. That would be your, <laughs> that would, that would be your termination. Right. You know, but a mind would be what I just said, you right. know. So it's, a, it's an organization that's, just, that's mutually supportive. Like anybody in it is... Yeah. It's like a, a social aid and pleasure club. Yeah, you got to have a job. You got to buy beads. You got to right. buy marabou. You got to buy feathers. Got to buy plumes. Do you do a lot of uh, like counseling to young guys? You talk to pe- people. Yeah, right. Uh, I I, I uh, adopt um, different schools and uh, do things with school under the uh, uh, Hall of Fame under the Harrison family. Right. Right. And I, I do a lot of that uh, through them. I had another school before that that I had adopted it was in the neighborhood, but the hurricane knocked that one out. When you say adopted, what does that mean? Hmm? Ad- adopt. What do you mean by adopt? You adopt well, all the I kids? Take, yeah. You I, buy them lunch every day? No, just go in and teach them different things about the culture. Right. Yo, Chief, what's a marabou? I heard you say a marabou. Marabou is, is feathers, but it's strong. And you use it for trim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not just a street in New Orleans, then? <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a, it's a street in New Orleans, too. Right. I used to live four blocks from it. I've never heard of one before, so I had oh, yeah. to ask. Oh, yeah. Yeah, on Maribu okay. Avenue. So you're, you're making a new suit every year, yes, correct? Yes, mm-hmm. Is the headdress the same, or is it a it new could, headdress it could as be well? The same, it could be the same frame, uh-huh. but the sewing is different. Mm-hmm. You know, every year you, you make a new suit. Mm-hmm. That would be a good song right there. <laughs> we laid on that one. <laughs> Did it so, that song? <laughs> so what do you do? So Mardi Gras Day to you is the most religious day of the year. It's not. It's the most fun time. It's the most sacred day of the year. Most, no, it's, it's, it's the most sacred day. We know what that day is. But it's a day that you can get friends and family together to enjoy themselves on a festive day. So it's the same for you as it is, is for everybody else, Mardi Gras Day. Mardi yeah. Gras Day is everybody gets loaded right. and has fun. Right, but you fun. see, Mardi Gras Indians one time stayed in the area. Right. We all come from neighborhoods, and we stayed in our area. I remember we weren't even allowed on Mardi Gras on Canal Street at one time. Did Just the Indian do. tribes used to fight each other? Yeah, but you was coming out your area. So if you went to someone else's territory, you could expect to... Yeah, but it wasn't like people have made it sound like. It's not like that. People used to say that the Indians would carry a knife in their costume and pull it out and stab you if you're... You don't have to be an Indian to carry a knife. Mm-hmm. You know, you, uh, that's another good bumper you know, sticker. Yeah, right. <laughs> you, know, you, don't, you know, that's that's just attitudes. No, man, Indians, we, you know, we love the people. Mm-hmm. We love The people love us. And as we're going through this culture, more people is starting to love us. You know, I've been a lot of places, and if I say I'm a chief, what kind of chief you are? I say, well, I'm a, a black mask and Indian chief. I'm a Mardi Gras Indian chief. Oh, now the conversation has started. Mm-hmm. You know? It is pretty impressive. How many Mardi Gras Indian chiefs are there at any one time in New Orleans? Well, I just did some, call it the 42 chiefs. 42. 42 chiefs. Well, you got more than that. I was thinking that would be a lot. Right. The majority of the chiefs that I started under is deceased now. So you're the the king of the chiefs? No, no. Chief of the chiefs? No, you got a lot of older chiefs out there. Is that right? And believe it, you got what you call second liners. Second liners sometimes know more than Indians. These are Hmm. the people who walk with Indians, grew up walking with Indians. But aren't you getting some sort of award, this, like this week even, from the, oh, positive, yeah. from the Positive Vibrations Foundation? Yeah. Who are a sponsor from, of Happy Hour. What is that? that? Uh, <laughs> what is that? Offbeat? Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was the Positive Vibrations Foundation. It's yeah, it. yeah, it's you, you don't you don't know what it is? You want me to tell you? Yeah, you could. You've been telling me everything else. Okay. <laughs> right. All right, I'll tell you this as well. Uh, I don't know. Is it here somewhere? 
No, I can't find it. You don't know what it is, for real? The, are you just saying that, or you do know what it is? You know, it, it, what's the name of the award? Yeah. Um, I don't know. You don't know? I don't know either. C-Rock might be able to tell us. See, you're supposed to know when I don't. I know, I am supposed to know that. You're right about that. <laughs> right. But I thought it was here in my notes, but I don't see it. But anyway, it's some sort of award from the Positive Vibrations Foundation. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. sort, of, sort of a lifetime achievement award. Mm-hmm. Have you got a speech prepared for that in case you no. have to say something? No, don't worry about that. I'll do just like I did here. Become, just I'll wing it. it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey, listen, we're going to take a break for one second, and when we come back, Andrew Duhon's going to play us a song. Are you ready for that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Andrew, are you ready for that? I will be when we get back from the break. Okay. <laughs> we'll be right back after this. And we're back on Happy Hour with Ann Parnes, who's a matchmaker, Batch Bradford, who's an actor, Chief Delco of the Osceola tribe, is that Creole Osceola Creole tribe? Osceola. Creole Osceola tribe. And singer-songwriter Andrew Duhon, who's also the co-host of the show, who's somewhere at the Maple Leaf Bar where we are today, getting his guitar. Where is that? Where did he go exactly? Can you see? Anyone can see him? He's right there. He's right there. Okay. Oh, it's so dark. Okay, so Andrew has a guitar, and every week on the show, Andrew plays us a song that he's been writing during the course of the week. So you never know what's going to show up. You really shouldn't have prefaced, prefaced it that way this, this, <laughs> okay. this week. Uh, you, haven't, you haven't been working? Oh, no, I have. In fact, it's quite the contrary. I feel like I've been in the songwriting cave for the uh, past couple weeks, and, and uh, it's either unfinished or I played it for you already, so... I'm just going to play you a song I've played for you already. You think you did play it already? Yeah, we although forgot. we have different guests every week, so that's what's the difference, right? Yeah. You know, we forgot to set up the guitar mic this week. Uh, that's fine. I'll just yeah. hold it up to this guy. We can turn this. We can turn Bats's one around. Yeah, that's, that's going to work. All right. This is a song that I wrote when I was a young man. Oh, that's going back now. (laughs) In one hand, his guitar with no guitar case. In the other, a suitcase with no suits. Waiting on a ride to his big break. Hoping it don't break him clean in two. Killing time, but time's a deadly thing. And ain't no telling what that wedding game gonna bring. But there's no bright lights waiting in the wings. Gets his drinks from a girl named Samantha. She turns his tens and fives to ones and change. He don't tip much, but to her that don't matter. If he'd take the time, she'd gladly change her name. She's wetting in the wings, killing time, but time's a deadly thing. And ain't no telling what that wedding game gonna bring. But there's no bright lights waiting in the wings. But if you get a chance at that spotlight, Samantha, get your things. Cause nothing ever feels quite so right. It's walking out there from the wings. Waiting in the way, killing time, but time's a deadly thing. Ain't no telling what that waiting game gonna bring, but there's no bright lights waiting in the wings. No bright lights waiting in the wings. 
Thanks, Cheryl. Live from the Maple Leaf. How about that? I mean, I haven't played at the Maple Leaf in years. When was the last time you played here? You just nonchalantly dropped magic. <laughs> and now he's getting back to like, yeah, I'm just yeah. talking like nothing. That was, that was great. Thanks, man. man. Thank you. Beautiful, right? Yeah. Isn't yeah. that great that you can just pick up a guitar and do that? And just give back to mm-hmm. like nothing just happened. Yeah. Well, that's actually no. not true. I've, I've, I've played before. Uh, <laughs> but uh, It yeah. is amazing that you can just sit it. I mean, you think you're just having a normal conversation with someone normal, and then they can, you find out they can do all that. It would be like kind of watching you act, though. You know? I would hope so. It's a, it's a, <laughs> you can't believe that somebody you know can can do stuff like that. Like you've done Shakespeare. Yeah. Well, you, you played Macbeth. Macbeth, yeah. Nice. I was in Measure for Measure. Done a few Shakespeare. Theater. Like I came up a theater kid, and hmm. um, after graduating college, I just hit the ground hard trying to get into TV and film. Eventually, got an agent and just been trying to stay consistent from there. You've been working a lot. Though. I mean, you work all the time, right? Pushing. All the, all the time is relative, man. You have your good months and your bad months. Is it okay to call New Orleans home? Do you have to move to New York or L.A. to be, you know, always pounding it? Or can your agent just be on it and you, you head where the, the opportunities are? That's a tricky question. It just depends on... There's no, like, set map. It's almost like we were talking about love earlier when they asked you about your marriage, about, like, what's, how you do it. It's like, well, there's, like, you can say a bunch of things, but what fits you fits you. So for some people, maybe New York is a thing. For some people, you can stay in New Orleans. It really is how your career maps out because right now, especially with technology, you can send out an audition tape from where you are. Right. But then you might get to a position where, like, let's say the movers and shakers in California, they want to see you tomorrow, mm-hmm. and you're in Nevada. Or not Nevada, let's say, like, Maine. Mm-hmm. And you don't have the money to get in front of them right there. Well, then it might have been a better position if you were mm-hmm. at that moment hot like that to probably be in L.A. Mm-hmm. But if you're already doing whatever you're doing where you are, maybe it works for you. But it's not It's not always a, a simple answer. Right. You the know? things you were saying I've heard before, my uh, nephew is a actor, uh, Terrence Rosemore. Yeah, I know T. That's a friend oh, you know? of mine. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. And his uh, uncle was uh, Leroy Delcourt. He was an actor also. Yeah, heard his name in theater circles. Yeah, mm-hmm. and some of the things you're saying, I didn't heard before in that manner. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. But one great thing about New a spot like New Orleans, as far as acting and film goes, is it's not like a million. It's not like thousands and thousands of people. It's, it's like a small near circle. A lot of those actors even know each other. Mm-hmm. So, like when these movies have to come here, there's certain roles that they have to um, cast, or else they're not going to get their money back, or they're not going to get uh, the tax credits. Mm-hmm. So we get the, we fight for those roles. You can build up a nice little resume here, Big Fish Small Pond, yep. and then take that on to the LA's and New York and expand your market. Because at the end of the day, you're just trying to be known in all these other markets. You don't have to necessarily live there forever. Yeah. But let's say if I went to LA gave them two years and got in front of those casting directors, yep. go to New York, give them a few years. I can come back home, mm-hmm. and they all know me at yep. that point. Mm-hmm. You know, So it just depends on where you are in your career. So speaking of that, I have some friends who I would say are probably like community theater all-stars, you know, mm-hmm. but, but they have other jobs, and they're, not, they're, not, they're deciding not to make a move to L.A. or New York. Or, but what's, what's a move for someone like that if they decide they want to get ambitious and, and try to make the next step? Do they have to make an audition tape and that's it? Or, like, what is the move? Do you need to spend some time in another market? I mean, you're saying community theater all-stars as in, like, they haven't done any TV or film yet? Because mostly they need an agent. That's the first step, mm-hmm. getting acquiring an agent so they can put you in the game to be able yeah. to fight for these other roles. So what's it, what's it take to get an agent? Um, headshot, yeah. uh, resume, if yeah. you had a reel of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way you can get a reel is um, there, are diff- there are different websites. Like there's a website called Actors Access and Casting Database that you can sign up to where people are often looking for people to be in their indie films or their short films. Mm-hmm. Um, you can try to get in student films. Like UNO in particular, they have this graduate program. They're always looking like around a certain time for actors to be in their film and they won't pay you but you're going to get so much experience and you get more of that real that footage for your reel to be able to present in front of the agents sometimes it'd be tricky because sometimes you could get an agent from a referral sometimes they might just like your your headshot and you just look like somebody one on their roster Mm -hmm. you feel me so Mm -hmm. but that that would be like the biggest first step Mm -hmm. but also on that site actors access there's opportunities for actor to put in their own like submit themselves for um for different films and such so Totally. Once again, no set map, but there's yeah. different ways you can go. But, Some mm-hmm. of the things you're saying, you know, I've heard before. I had three episodes on uh, Tremé. Word, mm-hmm. word. Uh-huh. And, I, and I got that, and I, I wound up being the consultant on it through the industry oh, yeah. stuff, through Donald Harrison. 
Okay. You know, he had to go out of town, so they, they picked me to deal with it. And uh, it was it was an uh, experience, you know, to see that. And that was, I saw stuff uh, like neighborhoods that was messed up with a hurricane got fixed, but they messed it up again to, make, to shoot the film, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. And it was strange to me on how they, how they do that. And now I see a lot of, a lot of, uh, what's that, movies. Yeah, film and TV. Yeah, film and TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In my city. I don't have to go to... To Hollywood. You can stay here. Yeah. So, Beth, is there enough work for an actor to, that you can stay here? It depends on working. it depends on the gig you get because at a point it depends who you talk to because I've, I've talked I know some actors that are just in what, New Orleans. What and about for you, say? For me currently, I think I got to go make a stint out in California to get in front more of casting directors. I feel, honestly, I feel like I've hit like I won't say a glass ceiling necessarily. But you've sort of hit critical mass. You've done everything you can do here now. I've done a lot of things, right. and I just want to get more opportunities. You know, so, so I, when are you going to do it? When are you leaving? <laughs> Whenever I can get enough money to, for it to make sense. Cause You're never going to have just, enough money to leave. But, I mean, you don't want to just... A lot of people, they just roll out there with a prayer and a dream. I want to plan, okay. you know? Nice. So I want to be able to have, like, at least an L.A. representation. No, I'm going to have some kind of a job, even if it's a poop-up job, even if it's in, on somebody's couch. Right. But I want to come out there with some weapons so I can actually do battle, as they say. Because I want... I'm, but I'm you've not, done tons of stuff. You have a real impressive... Resume of stuff you've been in and a so real. It's just about acquiring other things. So this is the time to do it. Hey, twenty twenty. You're not far off, but I always want to live in New Orleans. So it's almost like in my brain, it's like doing a stint. Go out right. there, meet the people I need to meet, let them see me, and then okay, now come find me out here. Right. So, so I, sound I feel like comfortable. You, sound like you like New Orleans? Mm-hmm. I'm born and raised, you know. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> yes, indeed. Are you? Are there lots of people like you when you get out to Hollywood, or have you got some sort of a special like niche that you can? I don't know. I think the Exploit. best. I think the best advice I would have to give to myself and anyone else is taking ownership of your, your, the only you, and really finding power in that. Because at times people get so bogged down about all the other people and all the competition, and at the end of the day, like no one can do you like you. Even right. if five of us did the, read the same role or read the same thing, they can't sound like me, they can't look like me, they can't do the things that I can do, and I can't do the things they can do. And it's not going to be an hour, um, it's not going to be our decision, it's going to be up to whoever's casting or whatnot. So since it's so out of my hands, the only thing that is in my hands is focusing on myself. So when you ask that question, I just think, well, I don't care if there's, there could be five people that think they, <laughs> they look like me, there could be 25 people that sound like me, but I'm still me. Right. So I feel like that matters. Yeah. That's the key, is having confidence in yourself, isn't it, to make it in this business? Having confidence and also working on the crap. Like, if you have the confidence, you have to work the crap, too, because some people just have confidence and then the talent and the crap work is ta- lacking. No, you have to be talented, obviously, right, to, so. to get in, yeah. But there's a lot of rejection involved in this. Part of the game. Yeah. So how do, you do, how do you handle that? It just, it's, you just accept it. It's part of it. And half the time, people think they're going to just get a bunch of no's to your face. They just don't hit you back. Right. You just don't hear anything, yeah. so it's just—it's <laughs> like ghosting. It's, it's like just, dating, it's, right? It's Anne? literally ghosting. That's right. Yes. So, and see, every date pro- is an audition. It, mm-hmm. it is. Hey, that's a good way of looking at it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't tell my clients that. I tell them. I try to take the pressure off. They can just go and enjoy themselves. <laughs> but, yeah. I had, but yeah, I had a look on your website, and one of the things mm-hmm. you do, Anne, it says you do date coaching and advice. That's right. So, do you have an actors coach? Pat? Do you have not direct one currently? No. Right now, I have people I work with, and I stay. Um, if I'm not if I'm not doing film and TV, I stay in theater just to stay sharp. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm just always trying to be on it in some way. So what is a date? What is date coaching? So it's really meeting people wherever their challenges are. I think for some people, they just keep choosing the wrong partner or ignoring red flags. Or for others, it's figuring out you know kind of who is that right partner for them. Um, some people really just need help with the basics of like how to behave and when to reach out and what to say and you know, it, it, it's can you all can you wear that. like a headphones? <laughs> no, like a, I wish I could. Just be in the ear. I'm dying so how, to. So how does date coaching work? Do you do like role playing? I come in and you pretend to be my date, and we with some and, people. Yes, with let's some people. do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Are you serious? Really? I mean, I haven't had to do that, you know, a lot. But I do have people who say, "Okay, if this is a situation that presents, how should I handle that?" And so we'll go through. Okay. So how that. do you know the answer to these things? I think some people are, you know, I think one of my skills is I'm pretty good with people and I have awareness of just sort of human nature and what works. Is um, it common sense or have you just been doing this for, for such a long time? Right, for Not you, for everybody. For me, I do think that, yes. So you didn't go to 
dating school. I did get certified as a coach. Um, as a life coach? Yes, and okay. I did take, you know, tailor some of my classes to relationships, and I think I've been coaching my friends. They start, the phone starts ringing at 6.30 in the morning with... Uh, with what? Good. Some of my closest girlfriends calling with whatever ridiculous situation they're in and need advice. So you're the person something. that everybody calls yeah, and says, right. you won't believe this that's shit. Right. Yeah. Right. I you wouldn't believe what he said. Yeah. <laughs> What's the yeah. most common thing that you wouldn't believe this shit? Oh, gosh. Um, what did he say or do? I think a lot of it is like people not caring, not you know, keeping their word. It's a lot of empty promises, a lot of... Um, really? Yeah, a lot of people just with empty words and not caring, following through with their actions. So that's a big one. And I think some people don't really realize when that's the case and they make excuses of why that's happening. Um, so I get people to really question, take a look. If you're making excuses for someone, you know, that, that should ring alarm bells in Do your you head. get a lot of whys, you know, in the conversation? Why this, why that? Oh, of course. Yeah, everybody wants to know why this is happening and, you know, mm-hmm. what is the other person thinking and really trying to figure out what is going on in the, the other person's head. And for me, it's like, look at, what, look at the behavior and forget about why, because it could be a million reasons of what's going on, but you, all you have before you is how they're behaving and how they're treating you and what they're giving you, and that's all you can work with. So rather I, than, I always work on the principle that it's not me, that it's usually you are the problem. And I think you're exactly right. Well, just like Bat was saying with casting, it's like you, no one else is you. You just right. have to present right. you and let the casting director mm-hmm. uh, decide what they want for that role. But it's pretty hard to do that in real life and probably even in acting because you want to be the person that somebody else wants. You want them to like you and you want them to have sex with you and you want them to <laughs> buy you things or whatever it is you want out of a relationship. But you want right? them to like you for you. I mean, how long can you really keep an act going, well, right? I mean, problem. You, you can be the best version of yourself, but ultimately you have to be yourself or yeah. it's not going to work it out. It almost feels like culture teaches that, though. In a way, mm-hmm. most times in dating... You almost get the person's representative for a good six to eight months, and then mm. you start seeing the cracks. Maybe after, <laughs> after we've been together for a year, it's like, oh, okay, this is you, you. Mm-hmm. So, and like that, that, that honesty mm-hmm. is what's often that, lacking. Yeah. But isn't that like in a relationship that you you don't know someone? Like, there's like these milestones. Sure. After three weeks, there's someone that's different from the person you thought you were dating, and then there's three months, and then six months, mm-hmm. and then after a year, you're like. You find out all kinds of stuff about <laughs> each other that you it. didn't know. Yeah, yeah. So because it's not like someone could just tell you everything about themselves on the first yeah. date. And they should. Right. And they should. <laughs> so how is it different using you as opposed to using Match.com or eHarmony or something like that? Well, I personally vet everybody. I don't ever set anybody up before I've sat down with them and had a conversation and you know figured out if they have sort of the most important qualities that my client is looking for. You know, um, so you have a client. So I come to you and I say I'm looking for somebody. Mm-hmm. So then you go out on my behalf like an agent. Correct. Looking for someone. For like me. a headhunter, like an agent. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay, so I say I'm wow. looking for someone who likes to touch me and buy me gifts. <laughs> say, <laughs> just say two out of five love languages. I'm bilingual. Mm-hmm. And, and so you go looking for that person? Or, I do. Or do you discern something in me that I, I wouldn't have even seen myself and say, oh. what this guy really wants is... Hopefully both. I think it's a mix of, you know... Sometimes we, other people can sense things that we can't sense. Um, and hopefully asking the right questions to get you to be honest, and, which is a challenge with some of my clients, but um, about, you know, what has worked in the past, what hasn't, what, you know, really what would it take for them to be in a long-term relationship happily. So because we're not always honest with ourselves no, when it not. comes right. to That's the thing. Not. You don't know yourself all that well, really. Mm-hmm. All the time. You think you do until you're in a relationship mm-hmm. and then you find out that, Perhaps you weren't like that. So, it, wait, am, I, am I getting this right that you're you're going out to the general public to try to find the match for your client? I have a number of avenues. My favorite way to find a match is once I have in my head sort of the type of person I'm looking for is to think, who do I know who might know that person and to reach sure. out with yeah, my okay. personal contacts because it's always nice to have a second opinion and, mm-hmm. you know, somebody who knows someone is a little bit feels safer to me. I do have that database that anybody can sign up for. And then I'll meet with them and kind of do my own research about them. It sounds but... a, lot, a lot like my career. Right <laughs> yeah. You say I have to vet them, I have to make sure that they're good, then I'm right. going to send them out. Mm-hmm. And then, okay. Hope for the best, right. I go to a lot of like targeted events where I'm likely to meet the type of person I'm looking for. Um, what yeah. do you mean by that? Like what? What's a targeted event? So uh, I, do, I go to a lot of like 
Chamber of Commerce networking. So you're events. like trolling for single people. <laughs> <laughs> trolling sounds so negative. Well, you I'm just said searching. Now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> searching, <laughs> recruiting. Are you looking around here, like right now? <laughs> I wasn't doing that right now. Yeah. No, not this table necessarily, but like <laughs> no. there's well, Douglas, for example, right. over there. And, C-Rock. Who said that? Someone in the back said, I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> I'm completely incurably undateable, I'm pretty sure. Incurably. Oh. Who said that? Asher. Yeah. Did you say that? <laughs> I did say okay, that. Okay, yeah. this, oh. this is Asher. What makes you undateable? Who's, uh, Facebook, yes. I drink too much. I don't shower. I'm a little overweight. I don't own a car. I... <laughs> That's why you need a partner to just balance yeah, like that side. Yeah. Yeah. So There's a lid for he every leads pot. with the good There's foot. A, right? <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. There's a lid for every pot. <laughs> Can we go down the list again? You drink too much. Can, couldn't you curtail your drinking? I could, yeah. So it's possible. So do you really do you care that you're not meeting anybody because you drink too much? Or That's you, part of what you rather drink. It, you see. The loneliness. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> so that makes you drink too much. So but maybe if you, you had stop. someone, you wouldn't drink as much. <laughs> that's so right. that's, it's fixable. Keep going. It I, I don't know. Is that true? If you find the right person, does it really change everything? It can. I mean, I, obviously, if you have some sort of an addiction, that's completely different from right. if you're Sorry. drinking from loneliness. <laughs> <laughs> not, not you, I'm just saying. <laughs> that's something I would need to know. But um, yeah. Okay, so what else? You drink too much, you're slightly shower. overweight. Oh, you don't look overweight to me no. at all. I think I'm about, probably about 20 pounds. You're fine. 20 pounds overweight. <laughs> no, I think you're looking at the wrong BMI. Yeah. He looks, what do you think, Chief? Does he look good or what? Don't stop me lying. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was talking with some friends recently about what you said, like with the BMI. Oftentimes, what we think is overweight because the idiot box told us that mm -hmm. it's not. Like, oftentimes, it's like we get so bogged down by the aesthetic of what we think um, fit is. And it's not really about the aesthetic all the time. So, you look fine to us, man. Well, yeah. Cool, thank, you. thank you. And you don't shower? Uh, yeah, I was just kidding. No, that's, <laughs> a, that's just self-deprecating humor. Uh -huh. yeah, I haven't today. It's nah. really important. So, so you're showing us you have charm. I think he's really dateable. Yeah. 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 What do you think, Anne? Come on. Could you Absolutely. find him somebody? Absolutely. I think that, I think that like, my biggest problem is that I haven't really dated anyone who's out of... I haven't really dated anyone outside of my friend group, right. like maybe ever. And but you keep banging I, all your friends. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then I just haven't really met anybody new in like six years. What have you done mm. to meet somebody new? What this uh, is insane. Well, see, You're I in the theater. Of, I only go to one bar. Mm. <laughs> um, I, I mean, well, first of all, we have how many people here every week that you're meeting? Secondly, we're working in bars and restaurants, and thirdly, you work in the theater. Yeah. How can you not meet anybody? I think what well, we I need met, here I met are, are at, at, during that last show. Yeah, I'm actually, actually last show. You guys know each other from the last show. Okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. I did well, you can't date Bats because he's got a girlfriend. Right. So yeah. I'm sorry. He's out. I think I think but, we need some initiating lines. For instance, I had a bandmate who had a great one. It was just. So how do we maintain correspondence? <laughs> that's how he got her number every so time. Yeah, that's a good one. That's how do nice. we maintain correspondence? Yeah. That's a nice line. Because otherwise, it just so, feels it feels so forward, and and it has to be early on sometimes because it's in passing when you're meeting this person, right? Mm -hmm. And so, what do you do when you when you just have a moment to kind of make an impression and you want to do that? Yeah, but that's why social it's media dating is so big now yep. because you don't have that anxiety of okay, I have like five minutes to impress this person uh -huh. with my whatever and mm -hmm. hope I can get her number or whatever. That's right. So, well, hang on a sec. Do we have to do like a GoFundMe for Asher to come to you, or <laughs> is it affordable? Uh, I, I'm probably one of the least expensive matchmakers in the country, but it is a higher end service. I mean, it. So higher very time consuming. That's mm -hmm. too. Another problem that I have is that I'm pretty broke. Okay, so it's I have really a free database. <laughs> so if someone is looking for someone like you, yeah. Yeah. free. You, know, you have a free like, database. So you have like a like a Rolodex. Right. Like a, yeah. So you can log on to your website yeah. for free, and yeah. maybe you'll get lucky and uh, find Absolutely. Right. So she won't necessarily find someone for him. Right. But if someone she finds As matches a, him, right. Correct. If they're, hey, if they're also right. poor, that's nice. can't hurt. They're too poor to sign up for the service as well. Maybe that's the right person. How much does it cost to actually do this, or would you rather? Uh, no, I'm fine with it. it okay. For six months, it's forty five hundred, and for twelve months, it's seventy five hundred. But that's I just came back from Utah. Yeah, and I mean, that's most of the matchmakers are charging twenty grand. So. Is that right? Mm -hmm. That wow. does sound expensive. How many? I mean, this is a lot. Are there plenty of people in New Orleans with that kind of money who will just pony up and give it to you? You know, I'm not looking to work with a ton of people because it is so right. time-consuming. Um, so there are enough people who can afford it to, to keep me to busy. To keep you paying the rent and yes, keep yeah. the lights on. Yes. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Is this your full-time gig or is it your side hustle? 
It's my full-time gig, but let's not forget uh, I'm married, so you know uh, that does help. <laughs> so you got the, you got the husband out there working. Correct. What does he do? <laughs> He's a lawyer. He's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. So that'll do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And you yeah. started out as a lawyer yeah. at one point, right? Okay. Yeah. But you can do this full-time and, and actually make a living out of it. Uh, yeah, I think it's what you you know, what, whatever energy and time you put in, just like anything else, you're going to get back. Right. So if I want to spend a lot more time, I can take on more clients. Right now, I'm kind of about uh, quality of life and balance. So. So if we could get forty-five hundred bucks. For Asher, mm-hmm. could you help him out? <laughs> so I'd need to know what he was looking for. You know, um, Do you know what you're looking for? Am I, am I allowed to say this, or is this like? Yeah, yeah you're totally allowed. To, what do you mean? You're allowed to say it? <laughs> uh, I mean, no. you have to say it into a microphone. Not necessarily, I guess. Mm-hmm. I I do have like a type. I'm aware of that. Um, yeah. She upright. Yeah. Huh? yeah upright. <laughs> All right. Uh-huh. Um. Oh, on the spot. Let's see, like brunette. Well, I'm, I'm interested <laughs> more than superficial characteristics, although preferences are important. But you know, mm-hmm. I think I don't. I'm not a dating service. I'm not. I think you can log on and Tinder or Match, whatever it I'm is. I'm not and a go dating on. service. Okay, so what are you? So Matching. really trying to get you to figure out who is that right partner for you, who's going to make you happy, and so you're and, not looking. This is not Tinder. Well, no, we're not talking no, about a hookup. Why would anybody pay that much for? That's free. Right, you go online we're looking and swipe for a all day permanent, long. Right. So this is a whole different thing. You're going to find someone a permanent life partner. Hopefully Is that so. what you want, Asha, or you just want well, someone yeah, to... Sure. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> sure. All right. I mean, you know, that a long time ago, I assumed I'd, like, have a job and a wife or something like that 10 years ago, but that didn't pan out. It doesn't fall into all of our laps, just like with our careers, you know, you, you work to right. get to a certain place, and it's the same with relationships, I think. Are you disappointed a lot of us in this, Asha? In who? And you're, are you disappointed in where you are in your life? Oh, yeah, it's just like... <laughs> It, it's it's another big reason for the drinking. You know what I mean? It's been, right. <laughs> it's been a pretty it's been a pretty rough decade. Hmm. Well, maybe decade. things are going to turn around. It's twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah. I no, bet I you we can get. Hope, we, like, we've got to be able to get forty five hundred bucks together. <laughs> Don't you think, Chief? All I know <laughs> at this time. Ashley told all his business. <laughs> and that's okay. It means he's open Ashley and authentic. Ashley could never be an Indian. <laughs> uh, huh. Well, that's one door that's closed for you, Ashley, I'm afraid. But hey, he listen. has my sympathy. <laughs> and, and, and support. Definitely support. I actually got invited to play with the Yellow Magnolias one time. I'm a, I'm a pretty, pretty accomplished slide guitar player. Okay. Is that right? The See, Yellow Magnolia. You play that out. They were. They were Lead playing. At, I think yeah. we were at. Oh, you talking about the Wild Magnolia? Wild Magnolia. Okay. Okay, hang on a second. They were at. Uh, this could be part of the problem here. I think they were at Spotted Cat. And they, how long have we been doing this show together with Asher? How long have we been, we've been working with us? Three years. I think about three years. Did yeah. you know that he's a slide guitar player? Only because I saw him at a gig. You did. Yep. I had no idea. Yeah, there was a while that I was uh, that y'all were kind of opening for. My band for a while. Where was that? Hi ho! It was on a Tuesday night, like their Americana nighters. Why don't night. you play something? Why don't you come on here and play something sometime? I got, I'm, I got this. We could get Zero can hot will do that for five minutes. You know, you say I got a thing that I do. Yeah. It's my thing. You know? Maybe we could. Maybe you know, girls love guys who play the guitar. You know right, what Andrew? we should have done for the holidays oh, is done like it. a crew. Happy hour where all the mics we turn all the mics around essentially. Everybody like doesn't. You know. It doesn't have to be the holidays. We can do that any time. It's a good it, idea. Yeah. Next time when, okay. you know, crew talk. Yeah, crew mm-hmm. talk. All right. C-Rock can host it. You want to be the host, C-Rock? Okay. That's a great idea. He's got a lot of shit to say, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot going on. Hey, look, Happy Hour today was brought to us by Basics on Magazine Street near Jefferson Avenue. Basics underneath sells fine lingerie. And Basics Swimming Gym has a full range of fashion swimsuits, workout, and yoga clothes with style. And also by the Positive Vibrations Foundation, pay attention to this, Chief, who create and encourage community through the development and the preservation of arts, music, culture, and heritage. And... And this is Monique Pyle over here, who's from the Positive Vibrations Foundation. Monique, come here and tell us exactly. Come up here for one second, and t- tell tell Chief <laughs> tell, tell Chief Telco what he's won. <laughs> 
That brings this week's edition of Happy Hour to an abrupt end for our host, Grant Morris. I am Thomas Walsh, the show's technical director. Our show today is produced by Graham DePonte. Our musical producer is Monique Pyle. Musical consultant, Christian Unra. Our Facebook Live feed director is Asher Griffith. And our fact checker and social media connector is Andrew C-Rock C-Rock. Our theme music was written by and is currently being played by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on our show, drop us a line. It's on our website, itsneworleans.com. You can check out other episodes of Happy Hour and other shows like Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti, Live at Commander's Palace, Louisiana Eats with Poppy Tooker, and our award-winning podcast about death, Death the Podcast. You can find that and other great Louisiana podcasts at itsacadiana.com and itsbatonrouge.la. Keep up with us on a bunch of other time-sucking social media like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find those links on our website, itsneworleans.com. Also on that website, you can find photos from this week's show. Those are all taken by photographer Jill LaFleur, and you can find more of Jill's photos at LaFleurphoto.com. If you're listening to this podcast, thanks for subscribing. If your podcast app has a share option, please try telling a couple friends about Happy Hour. We'd love to have this spread around. This show was recorded live today at the Maple Leaf Bar on Oak Street in Uptown New Orleans. Happy Hour is a production of INO Broadcast for itsneworleans.com. I'm Thomas Walsh. Many thanks to Grant Morris, our host, and Andrew Duhon, our co-host, and all of our guests for joining us at the Maple Leaf today. Thanks to everyone again back at the INO Broadcasting offices, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you back here next week for more Happy Hour. Happy Hour.